And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. And alert the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. Track drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Country music and fine moonshine. You look like the vermin-ridden son of a bitch you are. A podcast for everyone in the good old USA and all around the world. Over there, over there, send the word, send the word over there. Quality booze and country music at its best. So you're saying, can you set my country music award on fire? The music... Nice and loud. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to a 11, exactly. You can email the show at bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. It's just swimming with bow-legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well... My advice to you... Start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. Y'all want to drink whiskey? <laughs> I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean glass. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. As always, I am Jim. I am your host. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us today. It is Tuesday. It is our um, podcast premiere day, I guess. Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening last night on our um, worldwide premiere over on Dirt Road FM. You can find us there every Monday night at 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, 5 p.m. Central, and all around the world, um, whatever your time (laughs) time zone is at that point. Um, So thank you. You know, this is this is now out for the for the vast majority of you. Um, for those of you that didn't listen last night, that's okay. You can listen now and, uh, we appreciate it greatly wherever you're listening to it this, at this point, honestly. Um, so today we have Joe Peters on the show. Um, I love Joe's story. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, you know, regular guy works a nine to five, owns his own company, plays music, you know, on the weekends and, you know, whenever tours allow, it's awesome. It is the American dream story, and um, I don't really want to get much into it here as a as a you know breakdown because I think Joe and I our conversation really really tells the story itself. Um, so really, without further ado, I'll, I'm going to throw it to our to our friends and our sponsors: um, Off the Rails, Afterglow, um, Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company, Hogwash and Rhinestones. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this family and. And, and doing your damn thing. I appreciate you so much. So um, without further ado, here, here are some commercials and our conversation with Joe Peters. Artists, friends, local friends, and anybody looking for a little bit of Nashville here in Central Mass, come check out Off the Rails in Worcester. You can go see their website, offtherailsworcester.com. They have their restaurant menu. They have their venue schedule. Go check them out. 
real good friends of ours here at the show. You don't want to miss out on this place. Off the rails, Worcester.com. Again, restaurant, a little taste of Nashville, and a great music scene. Come check it out. Hey, everyone, don't forget to check out our friends over at the AfterglowBoutique.com. That's the AfterglowBoutique.com. Or if you're local, they have a great shop at 43 Main Street in Blackstone, Massachusetts. All Boots and Whiskey podcast listeners get 20% off at checkout with the promo code Boots. That's B-O-O-T-S at checkout for 20% off at the AfterglowBoutique.com. Check them out. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. What's happening, buddy? What's up, Joe? How are you? Man, I'm doing fantastic. How are you, brother? I'm good. Good, man. Hey, thanks so much for being on, man. It's an honor, man. It's an honor. I've heard so much about you guys, and I just love listening to your podcast, dude. It's killer. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. I know it's been a while since we we initially talked and tried to get this all figured out, but I appreciate your patience and and being here. It's awesome. It's it's super cool. Thank you, man. I'm honored. Good, good. Thank you. I appreciate that. So like I said to you via text, like this is about you. I want you to tell your story. You know, it, it doesn't have to be safe for work. If you want it to be safe for work, you can. It doesn't really, cool. it doesn't matter to us, man. I love it. I love it, man. So, so tell us about you and who you are. So, man, so I'm from Bakersfield, California. I'm uh, 31 years old, just out here trying to make a living in this, in this world. You know what I mean? I have. Uh, I, I, I've, I've kind of bounced around a little bit over the last, um, I'd say, a few years um, in regarding to, to the music scene as far as kind of direction-wise and what I was trying to what I was trying to do. And I took a trip out to Nashville in 2019, and uh, I had been kind of on a big riding block, in my, you know, for a while. And something about – that was my first time going to Nashville, and something about that city just – absolutely just i don't know it's it's there's a magic in the air there you know and it just really it really opened uh, up for me and i started writing again and um man it just kind of sent me on a whole different trajectory and so ever since then it's just been throttle on and let's put as much music out as possible and get connected with people and start playing shows and and that turned into playing bigger venues and started co-writing and then going back to Nashville all the time and so it's just been a crazy ride ever since so are you living in California currently or are you in Nashville I'm in California I'm still here in Bakersfield you know and that's been the big I guess for for me it's been kind of a big um question you know like when when is the time to move when when is the time to make a jump and and for me out here in California um my band and I have gotten a really good uh, rapport with a lot of different venues and have been playing a lot and staying super busy out here and we're playing in Nevada and Arizona and you know up in Idaho and so it's kind of like you know like unfortunately we don't have it kind of like Texas does where there's a huge huge country scene but yeah. there is if you look for it and um, I feel out in Bakersfield right now there there's kind of been a resurgency in country music you know we're, we're coming from the Bakersfield sound era where we had Buck Owens Merle and Dwight and all these all these big guys coming out of here and uh, it just kind of fell flat now um it's getting popular again it's becoming a thing again and there's a lot of big big bands out here that are super willing to help and everyone's sharing contacts and stuff so so we stay pretty busy out there and I think you know one of the things that makes me really motivated in in the music world I love to write and everything but I love to play and so 
you know, I feel like if I move out to Nashville right now, I'm giving up on a lot of playing, you know? And, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But at the same time, you know, you get, you get kind of a best of both worlds, you know, you, you definitely have to be there. But with, with, you know, uh, my schedule these days, I'm able to travel as, as much as needed. So it's been pretty good. That's great. You know, I, you know, we've kind of been, you know, on a big trajectory ourselves here at this show. And I, you know, I hate to say this now at the point that we're at, but like, you don't necessarily need to be in Nashville to be successful in what you're doing. And obviously, I mean, you're, you're killing it. Yeah, man. You know, and, but you know, you're, you're, you're right on that. I think, you know, 20, 30 years ago, maybe that was just true, but there's a lot of people that are, you know, A-list artists that aren't there on a regular basis. You know what I mean? And um, there's the guys that are out knocking it down in Texas and, and just, just putting the work in on them. And they're not out in Nashville. And so it's like with the streaming platforms that we have available to us these days and with social media, we can really curate our own direction. Um, and don't get me wrong. I think the powers that be, I got to kind of sign off on that. And they're, they may be out in Nashville, but at least, you know, I, I always kind of have this dream of like, I don't, I want, I want to go back there when they're calling me back there. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we're, we're, you know, we're, we're putting a good show on together right here. And, and so, you know, we're putting butts in seats and I think that counts for something. And, you know, and I don't, I don't personally want to give up on that just yet. I feel like we have some more work to do out in this region, but you know, we're knocking them down out here. So it's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. You know, it's funny, you know, I've been talking to a, it's funny you come from California because we've been talking to a lot of, you know, either originated in California now in Nashville, you know, singer songwriters. Yep. And it's, and it's funny because I keep hearing the same thing where, well, there's a resurgence, there's a resurgence, there is a resurgence. Yep. And, you know, you being in Bakersfield, you know, one of our first handful of people that came to us was, um, I'm sure you know by, by the name, by uh, Monty Byram. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, very well. Know, he's huge out there. And he, mm -hmm. you know, he came to us and was like, hey, I want to tell my story. And I had no idea who the hell he was right. to begin with. And then he tells me all this stuff. And we actually you know, the first conversation we had kind of came out kind of shitty and then yep. we had a whole nother conversation. So I was fortunate enough to have two conversations with him and the stories right. he told about, you know, that area and everything that went on was just unbelievable. Oh, Monty's great. And, you know, I mean, it, 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 and, and it's not even necessarily even the, the country side of things, you know, but, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the band Corn. Yeah, yeah. But Jonathan Davis lives a mile down the road from me. We're oh, good no buddies. Shit. And, you know, and, and the, you know, his guitar player lives here. And the drummers up the road, and or uh, and or uh, the bass players up the road, and so it's like, you know, there's a lot more music. Adema's from here, you know. A yeah. lot of these different rock bands came from here too. So it's, but it's it's almost a forgotten city in that regard, because yeah. I feel like every time somebody, you know, starts to level up, they just leave Bakersfield. <laughs> you know? And um, yeah. there's a, there's a certain part where you kind of like I said you kind of have to branch out. Obviously, you want to, but this place uh, place has a lot to offer. Now, why do you think people leave? Do you think they leave for, you know, maybe greener pastures or what they think is greener pastures? I think so. I mean, I think, I think uh, you know, Bakersfield, you know, if you're not familiar with the area um, geographically, we're about an hour and a half north of L.A. and about an hour south of Fresno, an hour and a half south of Fresno in the San Joaquin Valley. And it's farming and it's, uh, and it's big ag and it's big oil. And, yeah. um, you know, and that's, and it's, it's, it's not a pretty place. Um, 
not a lot of redeeming qualities here for someone that, <laughs> you know, wasn't born here. And I, I get that, you know, it's home to me, but um, I get why people would want to leave. And I've left a, a number of times, lived in different places and um, always came back because it's home. But I mean, I think, you know, from the, from a music perspective, you know, there's, um, gosh, I, I think there's just some very big, if you want to record and you want to work with the best people, you have to go somewhere else. You yeah. Know? Because while all the creative side in the world's here, we got good writers and we got good venues and, you know, a lot of history here. When it comes to putting out a product, I just don't think, I, I don't think we're at that stage yet. And don't get me wrong, there are some people here that are recording in this town that are putting some stuff together. But uh, I think if, if you want to really make a mark, you, you got to travel out. Now, you know? now, what do you think, what happened between the, you know, when you mentioned earlier, the, uh, you know, Buck Owens and Merle and, you yeah. know, all those guys from then till now, like what, what happened? What was the shift? Well, you know, when, when Merle and Buck and everybody were, were out here playing, you know, they kind of, they did it their way, you know, and, and yeah, um, yeah. made a mark. And we had a, a few different guys. Uh, there was a band called the Smoking Armadillos in the uh, mid to late nineties. And then shortly after then, there's a guy by the name of Victor Sands that came out here, country guys. And, um, you know, they ended up in Nashville and, uh, and, and doing it and then had, you know, a decent level of success. And then it kind of ended up petering out. And um, there hasn't been anyone really since that has been doing anything, um, you know, um, no, I should say notable, I guess, on a, on a national level. And I think I, I, I would, if I was to say what the root cause of that is, um, I think the town itself kind of yeah. gave up on it. Um, I don't know where the shift was for people. Like, but, and I say the town gave up on it because, like, you know, I want to go out and play original music, and I want to go do a singer-songwriter, and I don't want to go tell some stories. You know, even the success that I've had here, sometimes it's hard to get into a room and have people listen intently and want to listen to original music. Um so it's kind of, it's not very motivating in this town for newer artists or newer writers to go out and be that vulnerable when the town itself isn't necessarily, you know, wanting to hear that, you know, right. and uh, it makes it tough. And don't get me wrong. I, I, I got a lot of support in this town and, and I thank everybody that here that does support me. They're some of the most supportive people in the world, but you know, if it, you know, I see people that are starting this, road and they're getting involved now and it's not the same level of respect to them uh, as other artists and other writers and things and so I think people just haven't tried they haven't they just you know they just feel unmotivated by it yeah it's kind of a strange deal yeah now now growing up there right you grew up in I'm assuming you grew up there yes sir Um, yeah now when you were younger was it did you know like where you come, where you came from or where you're coming from with, with the history and, you know, how, you know, these big guns yeah. have made such an impact? Yeah. And well, yes and no, I should say, I mean, I grew up, I grew up on a ranch, you know, and, and I rodeoed and was like in the, you know, that was my environment. That was my lifestyle. And, you know, we have a big venue here at Buck Owens Crystal Palace. Yeah. And, and every birthday I had, every event we had, I wanted to go to Crystal we all grew up listening to country music and all grew up listening. 
um, I knew I knew that that those those things were around. I didn't know exactly what um, what they meant or who they were per se until I got later on in life. But I just knew there was this this energy of country music in Bakersfield. That's all that yeah. you know. There's there's a ton of different country music radio stations here. But you know the town loves country music. There's always a country concert going on, and so I think it just I fell into it kind of naturally. You know, I didn't go searching for it. It just kind of just how it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's, it's, I, you know, I, I don't really know that side of it because, you know, from where I'm from, you know, right. Yeah. We have, you know, from Boston, you have new kids and you have Aerosmith and, you know, you have a bunch of other, other things, but right. you know, those, those guys are, you know, bigger than life across, you know. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane. I mean, the, when you actually take a, take a look back at some of the the achievements that those guys had and the the the, the you know, way they were pioneers of right. country music, I mean it's an absolute it's a thrill for me to be able to, in some way or another, keep the country tradition alive in Bakersfield along with so many other people that are out here still knocking it down in these bars and and you know it's it's an honor and it's forgotten you know, but it's forgotten on the town. You know, I think the town kind of forgets about where it's came from. I mean, I go back to Nashville and I wear a Bakersfield sweatshirt or Bakersfield T-shirt and people trip, you know, I mean, oh, my God, you're from Bakersfield, the Bakersfield sound. And, you know, so it's 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 interesting that other people know more about our musical history than some of the people <laughs> who live here do. Right. You know? Right. Now, do you do you prefer that sound, you know, the Bakersfield sound rather than, you know, the Nashville sound or the you know, the red dirt sound per se. What I, what I liked about the Bakersfield sound and the, what I liked about Merle Haggard's writing is that it was so simple. It, he, he, it, the songs were short. They told a story. I mean, he got yeah. a song called Tulare Dust. It wasn't a big song for him, but it's called Tulare Dust. And it sums up the Dust Bowl in a minute and 45 seconds. And, right. You know, it's like, you know, I, I appreciate songs that aren't, you know, overly wordy. And, you know, they look small on the page, but man, they're so good. They're such big songs. And so um, I think there's there's room for that in music today. Um, it's just how how you we try to frame it up. I mean, the Nashville sound is, you know, is something that, you know, I try to, you know, uh, input into some of my songs as well. But I think I think it's a good thing because I've got I'm so rooted and uh you know the styles of uh being out here in california and then so that little crossover kind of makes its own own thing you know and i don't know what you would call it but it's um it's unique for sure yeah and um and, it, and it's you know it's um we don't fit in in texas we don't really fit in in nashville so it's like you know where where where, where do we uh where do we put ourselves in the category at you know might as well call it the new bakersfield sound hopefully <laughs> you know but, well, yeah, you know, and it's, I think you're onto something because, you know, you have a very, you know, I would say a very unique, but very familiar sound. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not something we hear all the time, but it's also something that we can recognize, I think, right. as, as consumers, where it's like, oh, you know, I know this song or I know this sound, yeah. but we don't hear it all the time. So it's, you know, it's appealing. I think, it, I think your sound is very appealing. No, thank you very much. And you know, I, I I'll be honest with you. You know, like I'm, you know, I'm not a vocalist by by any means. And I I really I you know try, trying to find my own way. And I think over the last 
few years of playing out, um, trying to find my, my style and my sound um, is starting to kind of mature. And what it's, what it's done for me is I found out what works and what doesn't work for me. And I just kind of stay in my lane, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And, and when, you know, when we're out playing, um, well, it, it, it's funny, this project that I just put out, this the Whiskey Will EP, um, a lot of those songs weren't road tested. You know, I didn't get to go play them out a bunch and um, and kind of experiment with them. Now that we play them live, man, we put a we put a whole new spin on them in a good in a good way. They're man, they're heavier, they're just bigger, and it's just I almost wish I could go and re-record. it's after after playing you're getting comfortable and you get into the zone with these songs that you can really take on a whole new sound oh yeah um, but that's what that's what makes our live shows so much fun so anyone out there listening you got to come to one <laughs> now was that hard to do you know putting together a, an ep that you had never road tested like that and you know is what kind of uh what kind of a oh god what's the word i want what kind of a uh, a test or a challenge is that well, it's it's definitely very. For, for me, it was it was. Um, I knew the songs were going to go over well. You know, I I never doubted the songs at all. What I yeah. what I kind of doubted was, I never when when I set going to the studio, I don't ever want to do anything that I can't recreate on stage. Right, That's kind of right. like our our unspoken rule when we go in the studio. Like I don't want to. I mean, you know, I want to. I want to. I, I play with a band, and I want the band playing with me, and and so. When we're putting these songs together. It's like I'm trying to envision envision our our group playing them, you know, and how you know can, oh, this will work. Ah, maybe, maybe this one wouldn't do it, and so it was a lot of on the fly guesswork. But I think that was good about knowing the people that I play with and knowing the venues and the people that I play for. I'm like I can envision, you know, the audience digging this, or I can envision right. my bass player Derek ripping this right here you know and so you know i think that really kind of helped it out just knowing the group that i'm with and it, it was it challenging absolutely but i think i don't think there's a day in the studio that um i've had that hasn't been challenging in, in fact speaking of corn um we just recorded two songs in their studio a couple of weeks ago and um with their producer and their engineer um and it was an incredible process unlike anything i've ever done you know in nashville or otherwise you know these these guys coming from the rock world trying to make a country song and a guy coming from the country world trying to kind of make a crossover rock song it was it was uh, it was it was fun but it was challenging but that's like you know like i said that's what makes it fun being in the studio and so you know we're trying and it was it was a cool thought we're trying to figure out how to take two sides of the bakersfield tradition you know rock and country and kind of mold them together it's it's i'll have to send you some of these songs man they're pretty cool yeah you know and that's that's what i've i've noticed lately in the in, in the genre itself where you know that rock and roll country sound is really popular it's really you know it's working well Dude, you know, it it's coming back yeah i mean it doesn't get the radio play maybe it deserves but you know yeah it is you know it, well it's making it, it's making a comeback for sure but that's the funny thing about, like you said, you know, you thinking, you know, uh, getting radio play with the sh with with streaming the way it is, you know, and playlisting, you know, you can do almost more more good on Spotify than yeah. you know the radio. I mean, obviously, we all want to be on the radio, but 
you know, not, you know, I, I, I was, I was dying. I was dying to hear my song for the first time on the radio. I was dying for it. And it, when I finally did, when that day finally happened for me and I had a song on the radio, I was like, holy smokes, this is, this is like, you know, chilling. You know, it's, it was so rewarding. But then I realized something that afterwards I was like, man, I don't ever listen to the radio. That's probably the first time I'll ever hear that thing because, <laughs> yeah. because they called and told me it's going to be on right now. You know? Right. So, so it's like, you know, we all, we're all, you know, wanting to get on, get on the radio, but no one listens to it anymore. Right. It's so, it's so crazy, you know? Um, but, that, but, but it's so cool that, that things like Spotify and, and and uh, Apple and, and Amazon, uh, they all have a, they have room for all different styles, all different genres. And I've got I know I'm sure you you as well. Like I've got I got artists that I listen to that they're never going to be on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah, you know? you know, and I and that's a big reason why I started this show is because I was going through Spotify playlists and all these you know indie country artists were you know a million times better than what I was hearing on the radio. Right, hundred percent. You know, and it's, and, the, and like you kind, you know, I don't want to say you'll never be, you know, a, a, no, yeah. a major because you, you know, you never know what would happen, but no. you know, I, I would never expect, especially in New England to hear, you know, your style and your sound played up here. And a lot of that is because of demographic, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, and I know my, ra- I know my radio friends in the area are going to hear this and be like, Oh, what the fuck? But you know, well, but no, but it's but it's, it's true. true. I mean, you know, I honestly, I don't that that side of things doesn't necessarily. When I think of appealing to the masses, you know, what does that what does that particularly mean? You know what I mean? Does it mean I have to play a style of music that maybe I'm not 100 percent in love with, or then, or do that for a while, get to this certain amount of stardom, and then play the songs that I want to play. That sounds like a whole lot of work, <laughs> you know right? I mean? Like, you know, and and you know, there's you know, like Hardy's new song sold out. Yeah, I mean, you got artists that are putting this stuff out there. People are loving it, um, and and partially because it's Hardy. You know, right. what I mean, Hardy's a fantastic, fantastic writer, fantastic artist, and so you know, where people like myself maybe can't get away with it, other ones can, but. When they do that, it starts to open the door a little bit. It yeah. starts. It starts to open the door, and I'm I'm happy to see other artists putting these these songs out there, non traditional, because it allows our base to start growing as well. Yeah, you know, and um, you know, this is this this business is so interconnected, and um, you know, when something happens at the top, it trickles to the bottom. Yeah, and, yeah. and so yeah. it's you know, I. I always kind of fought with myself and my writing and my, you know, style of kind of music that I want to put out and just trying to have faith that what I'm going to do is going to pan out, you know? And, and cause I think if the moment I start switching around or thinking, Oh, country's taking a different turn. I better switch it up. You know, it just, it doesn't, it ends up not being genuine or it doesn't end up, you know, you know, it just doesn't end up sounding right to me. And so I told myself this year, I was like, I'm just going to, stick with what I feel is right. And just, if it sticks, it sticks. Yeah. And you, you know, I think that's, you know, your fans and anybody else that listens to you will, will hear that and, you know, connect to it a lot more. If you are, if you are you, you 100%. know, pe- people can tell when you're phony. Right. And, well, um, 
you know, and, and, and here's, you know, here's the thing about me for, like I said, for anyone listening, you know, I sing about rodeo because I rodeoed and I sang about Chevy Novas because I had one parked in my garage forever. Sing right. about whiskey because I'm drinking it right now. You know what I mean? There ain't shit that I sing about that isn't real. Yeah. You know, and, um, and, you know, and, and such is life, you know, I've had to go through a lot of stuff and a lot of experiences in life to be able to, to do that, you know, um, but damn, I got a lot of stories to write about, and I don't plan on stop, stop stopping making music anytime soon because I got a lot of stories to tell. Good, good. We don't you want know. you to stop. I mean, at least yeah. those, you know, exactly. I've, I've been able to listen to you now quite a bit over the last few months, and, you know, I couldn't wait to talk to you because it was like, this is, you know, this is, to me, you know, country music. Yeah, you know, man. Even, even though you put your own spin on it, it's, you know, it has the storytelling, it has the sound, you know, it, yeah. it is everything that if you know if somebody came from not knowing what country music is and just said hey listen this is what country music is supposed to be like this is it yeah well and, and, and you know it's people like yourself that really give us a leg up you know and give us a voice to this style you know because if there's one thing that i don't want anyone to, to forget out you know is that country music is still alive <laughs> yeah and, yeah and where where you when you, you turn on the radio um, and you hear stuff that, you know, is just blatantly not country music. Um, yeah. There's about 10 other thousand artists that are out there that are actually making country music still. And, yeah. you know, it's alive and well. But that's why I try to, you know, I, I encourage people so much to support local local artists and, and support their, you know, their local venue that's trying to put music on. And because that's where it really grows. You know, we, we don't do it unless people are coming to shows, you know, and venues can't pay us if no one shows up and right so we can't go you know and so it's it's been um it's been good and i think you know when when covid happened out here in, in bakersfield uh prior to that the years prior there was about two or three main big venues yeah and they were already slowing down on booking shows and then uh, through covid and then afterwards the bigger venues weren't booking people. And so all these little restaurants and bars, they, they just opened, opened it up. I mean, it was, the, I mean, every, every bill, little wine, wine bar, a deli, a, you know, a restaurant that doesn't have a stage, but man, they've got someone sitting in the corner playing music. And I think they realized that people, people need, need live entertainment. <laughs> yeah. You know, and um, people got to have a source for it. And so yeah, it's, been, you, it's been great. Yeah, you know, and, it, and it's one of those things where, you know, I think you nailed it. You know, it's COVID really kind of changed the whole landscape, whether, you know, for good or bad. You know, it really, I think it kept around the people that could that could handle it and could do it. And yeah. then, it, you know, it maybe took out the ones that just didn't have it. I know that that probably sounds awful. But. No, no, you're you're right. I mean, and and, and side note, I'm I'm part owner in a bar out here in, in Bakersfield, and we have a um, we have a number of people coming through that are you know from Southern California, Northern California, and, and me and my business partners, you know, obviously myself playing music, but we love live music, and so our venue is going to consistently have live music fair now our competition down the road they don't book at all and they're and and i know they're struggling right now 
you know, and I think a lot of that's because, you know, you're, 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 you're not, you're not giving the people what they want. Right. You know? And so, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to keep people booked in our places as often as possible. That's... And, you know, and, and another thing as well too, um, and I gotta, I gotta give a shout out if I can yeah, to, absolutely. Um, to, uh, there's a bar in Las Vegas called Stoney's, Stoney's Rocking Country. And the guy that runs that name's Toad. And um, he is, when it comes to booking shows and dealing with venues, this is the most incredible experiences I've ever had with this guy. He, That's awesome. he, he is how, that guy and that, that venue is how every venue should be booked. I mean, this from, from the moment you get on the phone with this guy, it's professional from the get-go. I mean, you're trying, you, you've got full-blown day sheets and, you know, you've got amenities are all taken care of. You know, the show is, they pay you good. They, it, it's a, it's a smaller set. So you're not worn out. They treat you like royalty when you're there. Um, they, they interview you. They, you know, heck the last time we were there, they put me on a, their uh, Fox news affiliate day before to promote the show. I mean, they just take care of you. And for a smaller artist like myself, that's rare to find. Yeah, man. You know, we show up to places and people act like we owe them something. Right. Like they're doing us a favor. Um, and that gets exhausting when you're on the road and that's going on, you know, because, you know, we're, we're given everything we got uh, every night. You know what I mean? Right. And and so a lot of venues uh, don't take that approach that Sony's does. And, you know, I, I mean, I sure wish they do because but that, but those those are the shows that give us the motivation and make you feel like a rock star for a minute. And you're like, man, this is, this is what I want. And, and it sets, it sets a, a standard, a quality bar for us that if we go anywhere else, you know, Stoney's is, is our, our, our uh, pinnacle right there. And everyone's got to live up to that standard now. So it's, um, it's nice to be able to go play venues. I actually care for artists. Now, now it's funny you say that because I hear that quite a bit, you know, where play, where people will, you know, seek out venues like that or have experiences in venues that they don't care for, regardless of, you know, if it's a, you know, a great venue or not, like they won't go back if they're not treated well. No, we got kicked out of Whiskey A Go-Go in Hollywood last, uh, this year. And um, <laughs> kind of a funny story, but um, it was Bakersfield people doing stuff in LA. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, should have known better to bring country music to Whiskey A Go-Go. But, I mean, it was a terrible experience. It was not It was not a good experience at all. Now, is it on the resume? Can I say I played at that, you know, famous place? Absolutely. Heck yeah. Will I ever play there again? You couldn't pay me enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And it, uh, and, it, and, but, you know, front, we were, my buddy, the, the, our drummer, we were talking the other day about that particular incident that kind of came up. And, and we were talking about some artists that have gotten, you know, blown up on we with either TikTok or so or YouTube or however, and um, they become this sensation. And then all of a sudden, you know, they've got they get signed or they, they you know managers take them over and they put them on the road. But you know, I've been I've, I've played with a few people like that, but they don't have that on the road experience. Yeah, you know what I mean. They haven't yeah. had the, that really bad gig, <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see how they react when they finally do. Yeah. You know, because because that's that's a make or breaker thing for me in this this spot. You got to have thick skin and 
to be able to hold your own in a lot of situations like that. Yeah. You know, while I'm tackling this bouncer out the front door of Whiskey Go Go, I figured I had the skin for it. You know. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It. Uh, it. But it. it that such is life. That's what the road's all about. You know. And, and that's half the fun for us. We. You know, we want to go out and play play wild and crazy shows. That's our. That's our main goal: is to book as much as possible. Absolutely. Now, now for when you have an instance like that, right? Yeah. Now, do you decide, you know what, fuck this, I'm never coming back? Or is it a little bit of, is it like an unspoken, like, hey, we're not going to ask you to come back and you're not going to make a big deal that you don't come back? Yeah, um, a, a little bit of that. There was definitely a lot of phone calls the next day. Oh, I'm sure. You know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> there was a lot, of, a lot of things that had to get sorted out. But, uh, you know, it was kind of like a, yeah, it's probably a good idea that you guys don't come back. And uh, yeah. and kind of a good thing that you know we don't want to anyway, so it's no <laughs> it's no worry to us, yeah. you know. Um, gosh, I tell you what, that same it was a rough it was a rough it was it was a rough go this last year because it was it was that that uh, the whiskey go go, and then it, it got uh, we got kicked out of uh, Dirk Smitley's whiskey row in, in Arizona for uh, for breaking COVID pr- protocol. Oh Jesus Christ! And so. I was like, you gotta be shitting me. And another bouncer and I started having words about it. And so it was another one of those probably just shouldn't come back and play here. And it's okay. You know what I mean? There's a million venues out there. It's more good for a story now than anything. It's a good memory. And you know, it's no, I don't, I don't particularly worry about it at all. It's more funny than anything. Yeah. If you're not pissing someone off, you're not doing something right. (laughs) You know, I, that's, I agree a hundred percent, you know, and that's why, that's why we do this show the way we do it because it's, you know, some of our blogs that we write are very, you know, not PC, actually nothing, yeah. nothing we do here is PC. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's very, like I said, it's not safe for work. I wouldn't yep. recommend, you know, the kids listening to any of my episodes, <laughs> right? you know, and that's, that's, I'm, I'm fine with it. A hundred percent. You know, I, 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 you know, it's like when I started, when I was, I started playing and I was going to these bars that were real kind of ratty and, and no one really gave a shit about what I was doing. No one was really listening, but there would always, if I looked hard enough, there was always one person in there that was listening. And then, man, yeah. I just played that, that whole show just for them, you know, yeah, and I absolutely. played right to them. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of truth to that about writing music or doing podcasts, you know, Hey, this might not be for everybody, but the ones that it, that it is for, man, I'm going to give it all to them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, and that and that's exactly what we do because it's it's just how you know I don't I would love for everybody to listen to us right obviously yeah but at the same yeah. time you know I know you know at, on a personal level me as a person I'm not for everybody right. <laughs> you know yeah so well, I, right right you know and that, but, but that's that's the truth the truth the truth in the business I, I feel that way the same the same thing about my music you know you know I and 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 you know I would I would love. You know, I, I got in a discussion with my cousin. He's a songwriter as well the other day. And uh, he said, you know, Joe, I just don't I just don't like writing this kind of music, this popular style. I just kind of like writing this folk stuff. And um, I said, he said, he said, if it's got, you know, a couple million views, I can almost guarantee you that it's going to be a bad song. And I said, that's pretty not a correct thing to say. I said, because let me ask him, would you like everybody in the world to listen to your music? I said, heck yeah, I would. I said, well, then if it got over a million views, would you stop playing it? 
And right. you know, it kind of, it kind of stopped. It's like, you know, if it works, it works, you know what I mean? And, and there's, you know, there, there's, there's room in this industry for all styles. There's yeah. room in this industry in this podcast world for every style of podcast, you know, yeah. and the, if I, I want everyone in the world to hear my music. That's the, that's the goal. I mean, if that's not the goal, why even do this? You know, right. You know, and so it's, you know, we, we but at the same time, we've got to be honest about what we do and, and not try to, uh, you know, uh, be someone we're not. You know? Right. Right. And you know, it's, it's kind of like writing songs, right? Like if you yeah. write a song that you either haven't gone through or, you know, thought about, or, you know, can relate to somebody else, like people know, like I 100%. said earlier, people know when you're full of shit, you know, yep. it's kind of like when you listen to, and again, not against anybody that's, you know, big or anything, but like when you hear, you know, Jason Aldean talk about working a nine to five job, right? You know, it, it seems a little disingenuous. Well, you know, you're 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 right about that because it's it's almost hard to it's hard to stomach sometimes. Yeah, because you know what? I mean, I I work my butt off, you know, outside of music. You know what I mean? I'm I'm killing myself out here, and every dollar I make, I put back into music. Yeah. And, and I sing about the life that I live. Now, would I if I was if I got super big and popped off out of nowhere? Would I still write about my own experiences that I've had in the past? Yeah, I I think I probably would, and I think it would seem maybe disingenuous to a certain degree because um, of where I was at at that point, but. You know, there are people that you can just tell, like, yeah, this experience was from something else in life. It was not from you, you know, like, like this, this didn't, this, there's no way this could have happened to you. <laughs> right. And it just, and I think it just comes off through character and the way people carry themselves, you know, you know, I'm, if anyone, you know, comes to my shows and I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, uh, I, I don't wear skinny jeans and I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm a, <laughs> I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not, I don't know, not, not, a, not a hipster, not, I'm just, I'm just a dude, man. You know? yeah. I get up and work every day and, and, you know, I, that, tra- that translates, I think, in the way I carry myself. So you now, know? now, again, you could say, you could give us as much of the behind the scenes of Joe Peters as you want or not, but, yeah. you know, are you alluding that music isn't your, currently your full-time gig or is that that's that is not my full-time gig no no and 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 it it, it's working that way and i i bet you i put more time into that than my my other stuff that i do but i worked i worked in i worked in the oil fields i was i worked in the drilling for 14 years and then uh, when oil started slowing down before i started you know really kind of popping in music and you know getting a lot of shows and things like that and opportunities I had to do something and I, I bought a construction company here in Bakersfield. And so I, uh, I do light duty construction here and then I'm partners in a, a bar here in town as well. And so, you know, my days are chocked full of adventure. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, they, they start early in the morning and then I get home at night and I write and uh, I book shows and I send my emails and then, Come Thursday, I'm gone again, and then I come back sometime Monday, and I, you know, work, and my phone never stops ringing, and, you know, I was at, the, I, was at I was at our bar this weekend. I had an off weekend, so I was down there working at the bar, though. 
two or three o'clock in the morning, you know, and I do, I do that because, you know, I want to, I want to get to where I want to get to as quickly as possible. And in this game, it takes, not only does it take a shit ton of luck and a absolute shit ton of talent, but it takes, uh, it takes money. You know what I mean? And no one's out there handing me a check to go do this yet. So I got to find a way to, to keep it going. And, you know, recording is expensive and traveling is expensive. And so, you know, I, I, and, and, you know, with me being involved in my own company, you know, I make, I make my own schedule. You know, if I had to, if I had to punch a clock every day, um, I don't think I could be where I'm at now because uh, I'd be tied to someone else's schedule. And that's just, it's just something that just it's not working right now. Yeah, you know, I, I couldn't that couldn't work for me. That's and so. It, it is what it is, you know. I've got, I, you know, if I if I if I could pick, you know, I'll t- oh, I'll tell you this much: if I was where I was at in music today, a couple of years ago when I bought this in a, this company, I wouldn't have done it. You know, yeah. I'd be doing music full time. But now, it's like <clears throat> I got a, I got I got two two careers to feed and and mouths to feed on both sides. And so luckily though, I have fantastic managers and fantastic people that work with us. And, and even on my band side, my, my guys in my band, they work their butts off and help book shows and help get things done and takes a lot of pressure off. You know, it's still a lot of work, but, but man, we're going to, we're going to keep it, keep it blowing up as big as possible. And, and if I have to leave town, my guys, you know, my companies take care of everything. You know, and I and I do hope and I do think that it's coming quicker rather than later that I'm going to have to make kind of a choice on what I want to start doing full time. And I, I, I know the decision already. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and so and 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 I, I tell you, my you know, my my uh, my coworkers, they are so supportive in all of this. You know, it's just it's it's so humbling, man. I mean, I've got the best people in the world to work with. That, and that's awesome. You know, that's that's something that you, I think everybody needs. And, you know, from, you know, as I may not be a huge business owner, but this is a business too, right? Right. Exactly. And, 100%. You know, yeah. And I, I, I totally get what you're going through where it's like, you know, you're doing all this stuff. And, you know, if, if my boss, you know, I have a nine to five or yep. seven to three or yep, exactly <laughs> however it works out, <laughs> you know, and, and eight to two forty five, depending on the day. <laughs> right. um, and, you know, I'm sure. If my yeah. boss is listening to this, he's probably going to be fucking furious. Yeah, but, exactly. um, but it's one of those things where, like, the job I have, you know, I'm very fortunate where, you know, my boss, my boss boss is super supportive of this whole venture. Yeah. And he he knows that if, you know, if by some stroke of luck, you know, somebody comes to me tomorrow and is like, hey, we're going to pay you the same amount that you're making at your nine to five to do this. He knows that's what I'm going to do. 100%. Hundred percent. You know, you know, you know man, we, we we've got one life to live. We got one life to live in this world, and I'm telling you, man, it. it you know, I when I was well. Side note of a story: when I was 18 years old, I got in a really bad horse wreck, and I, you know, I damn near lost my life over this thing. And when I came back around and re- and rehabbed through this this whole experience, I from that point, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, I'd realize that I'm going to do whatever the hell makes me happy. Yeah. And and whatever is fulfilling. Now, that being said, 
I'm not stupid and I know I got to pay some bills while I'm doing the things that make me happy. (laughs) But, but by God, I mean, that's, that's the goal. I mean, you know, if I, if I can keep this going, man, I want to get there and it's motivating. It's fun. It's, it makes me more, makes me more, um, I guess, dedicated to what I'm doing. makes me try harder, you know, and uh, it's a goal, you know, it's a goal, but you know, the whole, the whole living like a carny and living out of the back of my truck. And I did that when I was rodeoing and uh, I don't want to live that life anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got, right. I got I to gotta at least stay in a Motel 6 or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's, you know, we're, we're just, we're just one piece at a time out here, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's, and that's the beauty of all of this, right? It's, you know, you work, you work, you work, you grind and grind and grind you know, and I said it, I've said it to others where, you know, you put everything into it, even if you have, you know, five people at a show or five people listening to an episode or whatever, or a hundred people at a show or a thousand people at a show or, right. you know, a thousand listeners, because you yeah. never know who one of those listeners could be. A hundred percent. I'll tell you, man. And, and I, during COVID, uh, during COVID was 2020, uh, that's when I really started t- taking my music really seriously. And people would think kind of like, well, how the hell did you do that during COVID? I played 160 shows with my, me and my buddy during COVID. And I'm telling you, we played driveways. We played backyards, front yards. We played drive-throughs. People would literally drive up here, listen to the song and keep driving. We, we played everywhere. And during those, that year, I really kind of honed what I do on stage. And if it wasn't for that downtime, I would have been working. I wouldn't have been able to play that amount in those situations, in those locations. And so, you know, any any situation in life where, if, you know, if something's, you know, a, a bad situation like COVID's happening, man, there's, you, there's a way to take advantage of that negative situation. Yeah. And, and capitalize on it. And, and that's exactly what I felt I did with my music during that time. And when I played in a backyard for, you know, 10 people, when, when everything opened back up, I'd get a call and say, Hey man, I own this bar, you know, up in outside of Fresno. You played in the backyard. I was at, uh, want to come play a full show there. And it's like, hell yeah. <laughs> That's right. what we're doing it for. And so, cause you're right. You never know who you're going to play it for. And you know, this thing is, it's developed from playing these um, five, 10 people shows in backyards during COVID. Next week, I'm I'm saying I'm doing the national anthem at Dodger Stadium, and I'm opening for Tim McGraw at Boosted Park in, in Arizona. You know, yeah. what I mean? like shit is real, and it happens if you hustle. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's it's one of those things where, you, yeah, I mean, really, I hate talking about myself during these episodes because this is really about you. But no. you know, it's I've you know, we've been blessed over the last, you know, month, two months to, you know, we've had some really cool shit happen to us. You know, we were, we were invited to be CMA members. So we have that going on. Awesome. Um, Yeah. We, uh, thanks. We, you know, we were in Nashville Voyager magazine yesterday or today, today, actually, you know, so there's, there's a lot of things going, we were, we had a little blurb and a CMT news article, you know, that had our, had our uh, Instagram on it. Um, you know, there's just so many cool things that are happening that, you know, and a lot of it is because I, I'm 
an asshole and I just go out there and, and get Do what your I thing. want. Right. Well, all I can say, brother, is I'm I'm happy to be on the ride with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have you. <laughs> because this is that, but that's what this is, this is all about. I mean, you know, I don't think you ever got involved in this thing to just to to not grow it or to not want to reach out. And, and you know, like I say, you, you you guys reached out to to me, and I was I was so honored. And that's a thing that's so that trips me out still. To, you know, at, at this point, that p- people will reach out to me. I'm like. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Moi? You want to talk right. to me? You know? Right. And and that but that's so cool, man, because to me, you know, I'm on the West Coast, you're on the East Coast. You traveled all the way across the country. You right. know what I mean? To find somebody that you wanted to talk to. And that's and that to me is that's the beauty of what we do. We're hustling out there yeah. trying to make things happen, buddy. Absolutely. And you know, it's one of those things where you know you you said that you know I started this to grow. I didn't. <laughs> I, no, I really? no, I I started this because my wife was sick of listening to me talk about country music, <laughs> and she you know and she said to me she goes there's got to be somebody else you can talk to about this, and you know my our our first few episodes was me just you know talking to myself and I was like this yeah. sucks, and so <laughs> I get someone on here. Right. I put it out there and I was like, I, you know, I thought to myself, does anybody want to, you know, come on and talk to, about themselves for an hour? And sure as hell, yeah. everybody wants to come on and Absolutely. talk about themselves for an hour. Oh, yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Well, you know, it, it, when the live stream thing was, a, you know, during COVID was the was the thing to do. Like, I felt like that was the closest thing to being a radio DJ because like, there's no response. You're talking to yourself. You're in a room by yourself. And it's just man, it's so tough. It's so tough. I don't know how people, people do it. I mean, that's a tough thing for me to do. And I haven't done a lot of live stream stuff. Yeah. Cause I like to feed off crowds. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, just, yeah. You know, telling, telling a story and then getting to the punchline of it and not hearing anything in a room. It's just, man, it's just super awkward for me. I just don't right. like it. Right. Right. It's like cricket. Okay. Exactly. exactly. Okay. <laughs> I'm hoping someone's laughing out there. Right. right. Well, I think it's funny. So, you know, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. You're doing it for yourself. <laughs> right. You're you know, and, and it's, and it's funny. Cause like, I'm sure like you, you know, I mean, you look at some of your stuff and your, your Instagram and your social media and your, you know, your listens on Spotify and, you know, it goes up and up. And, you know, I'm sure, like you said, it's like, how is this even possible? Like, what, what is going on? Exactly. I mean, it's, well, I'll tell you, <clears throat> going back to that show in Vegas the other day um, it's, at Stoney's, um, it, was, it was, you know, every once, you know, when we play shows, there's someone there that will play one of our songs and you'll see one person, their lives will light up and they're like, you know, hooping and hollering for the, you know, and it's like, it's super cool to see somebody like your song. Yeah. You know, Stoney's was the first time that when I started, I told this little story and I started this song, Buckles and Broken Hearts, that an audible difference in the crowd and they all were cheering for this song. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, okay. <laughs> you know, we're doing something right here, you know, and that's, that's that's man that's just so cool to me to to be able to have that that reach and it's like i didn't even think anyone in this town listened knew who what we did at all let alone listened or knew it well enough to to recognize it from the first chord right you know and it's just man it's so humbling and 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 that's 
you know, that's a feeling that I could only imagine people like <laughs> Morgan Wallen and, you know, Luke Combs step out into a stadium, you know, like I amplified by about a thousand times. I can only imagine what that would be like, you know, just, but that's, but, but that little feeling keeps you moving to that next step for me, at least, you know, it's like, man, I felt that once. I don't ever want to not feel that again. I'm going to keep it going, you know, and, and I'm going to keep pushing because man, I, I, I want, I want, I want that experience again in life. Yeah. You know, yeah. Absolutely. Those little nuggets of motivation, you know, and, and, and there's, there's really, there's, I think, you know, when you're out there, you know, we, uh, people can get really stuck in playing in their hometowns, you know, uh, people can get really comfortable here because, you know, the same crowd shows up, everyone loves you, you can do no wrong. And then you go 50 miles down the road and no one gives a shit about what you're doing. No one applauses after a song. And so it's a, it's an emotional tank filler being in your town, but you can't, you got to use it like that. You got to go out and branch out and then get beat up on the road and then come back and play one for the homies. <laughs> let them, right. let them fill you back up again. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I can't, I can't imagine what it's like to have, you know, a crowd of people singing your music back to you. That must, that's going to be, you know, an almost an out of body experience. It's pretty incredible. I almost forgot the words to it because I was too busy listening to them. You know, uh, that was, and that's no shit. Like I was, that was pretty, it was pretty uh, incredible. You know, and when you're, when sometimes when you're on stage, you go into autopilot mode, you know, you just sit there, you're just not even really thinking about the crowd or the song. You're just playing the song. You're thinking about what you're going to do later after the show and whatnot. You know, you're just getting through the music. Yeah. And then when a moment like that kind of hits, it's pretty sobering, you know, and uh, I'll never forget, forget what that's like on there, you know, and it's, it's a man. It makes you really want to, to keep this lifestyle up and keep, and keep it going. You know, um, I, you know, I, I, I wanted, I wanted to go out and take pictures with the people that were cheering, you know, like, because yeah. I was like, Hey, this guy knows my shit. Like, that was, that was so cool to me, you know? And it was just, uh, but you know, it's, that's cause this man, this grind out there and all these musicians out there, you know, it, like when you're out there putting, putting the work in, that doesn't happen all the time. And it gets, you gets to the point sometimes where you question yourself and you you know, you try to figure out what's right and what's wrong. And then, you know, something like that happens and you're like, man, okay, I'm doing it right. And just keep it on because it's going to happen, you know? So it's, you know, and then, and then I get to come back on Monday and try to be a normal person. Right. Right. (laughs) You know, you, you talking like this and saying all these things, you know, I, um, I was fortunate to see a friend of mine that has been on the show in in real life finally the other day and um you know we were shooting the shit and um i said to him i go and i and i've never thought to ask anybody this but the way you're talking is making me think of to ask it ask you now when you're on stage or when you're doing your music do you see see it as work or do you see it as you know something else and i asked it and i told him this because I was in, I was backstage at a concert once, and when Kevin Euclid played with the Red Sox, he was backstage with this band as well. And somebody in the band said, "Hey, are you coming to the show tomorrow night?" And he said, "No, I have to work." 
So like, uh, you know, now I, you know, to them, it's like, oh yeah, you know, they really are working, you know, that's their job. Right. Right. And I think, <clears throat> oh, I'll answer it in a couple of ways. I think, I think it would be work if the music that we were putting out, we didn't like, you know, if I was a hired musician and I, you know, if I was a, an R and B guy and, you know, I got hired to play guitar for some honky tonk band and I was just there to get a paycheck. Right. Maybe it would feel like work. Um, to me, I love these songs. All the band loves them and the energy flows off of that. And we have a lot of fun. Now that's on stage. Everything leading up to on stage, the countless hours of rehearsing and, and planning what we're going to say in between songs and our transitions and scheduling and all that stuff that can feel like work, you know, but in reality, um, for me, it's the escape. It's the escape from my, from work because I already have a job. Right. <laughs> so, so maybe if that was my only thing I was doing, it would feel that way. But to me, I love every bit of it. You know, it, it makes me forget that I have to, <laughs> I've got responsibilities outside of, outside of music and all my band members do too. I mean, they're, you know, my, my drummer runs a huge trucking company and my bass player is a partner of a, one of the biggest citrus farms in California. And, and it's like, you know, we've got these guys that are just hard working some bitches and you know, that's, that's just what we thrive on. You know, if yeah. it wasn't difficult, if it wasn't a challenge, um, I don't think it would be nearly as much fun, you know, and it, it's, but it's funny for, you know, for me, like when I was really heavily competing, um, in rodeo and, um, I, I was, I was, I'm a head case, man. I'd get in my head over stuff. I'd get in a big competition and you know, I'd, I'd psych myself out. I'd say, oh man, that there's this guy's here. He's going to, he's going to beat me for sure today, you know? And, and so I kind of had to develop this whole cold as ice thing where, I'd psych myself out. I can't get too serious about a show, no matter if I was playing it, you know, you know, if I'm going to be at Dodger stadium next week, you know, I, that to, to me, I'm, I'm telling myself that that's nothing. That's nothing. I'm not worried about it. Now, the moment I get done, I'm probably going to start freaking out, you know, right. <laughs> you know, but I, I, you know, you can't think of it. You can't psych yourself out. You know, you can't take it too serious because for me, if I do, I'll fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, And so, now we head down and grind. Now, do you, you know, I don't know how it works, you know, on, on your end, but do you reach out to the Dodgers and say like, Hey, you know, these are the dates I'm available. I'd like to do it. Or do they reach out to you? Well, I'll tell you exactly how this thing happened. It was kind of interesting. I played a show with uh, Cole Swindell and Chris Jansen and Tyler Rich. Yeah. Um, a few months ago in Bakersfield, <clears throat> the show went great. Um, I listened to everything afterwards. We sounded fine on stage. It was a complete disaster. Uh, our, our, our monitors went out, they had to get changed on the fly. I broke a string, like the third song in. I didn't have my guitar tech there that night. Um, our kick drum mic got knocked over. Our drummer's snare fell apart. Um, my pants, the zipper wouldn't stay up. Like, I swear it was just, it was a show from hell on stage. We kept it together. <laughs> And so, so we get off stage and, um, we go to drinking pretty quick. I can't face the crowd right now. Shit. You know? And so we're starting to pour whiskey back. 
kind of loosen up. And uh, the, <laughs> the gal um, that's running the show, she, she says she, know, she knows that, uh, that we had a tough time on stage. She said, well, hey, you got a chance to redeem yourself. I said, oh, yeah, what's that? So I need you to sing the national anthem in about five minutes. And <clears throat> I've never sang the national anthem before. And uh, she said, you're going to sing it right before Chris Jansen goes on stage. And I'm thinking to myself, uh, no, that's not going to yeah. happen. <laughs> I was like, man, I got to catch a flight right now. I know we're in my own hometown, but I got I to gotta get the plane. I don't know. Any excuse I could think of. And then I basically finally came to the realization that I couldn't say no. And so I got up there and I sang the national anthem. Didn't put any spin on it. Just, you know just did it did it how it should be done and uh i couldn't believe that i got through it and uh, according to a buddy of mine apparently up in the front row is one of the gals who books for the dodgers as her mom is in the front row and so after that event uh she reached out to me and said hey i saw you do the national anthem uh do you want to come do it at the dodger stadium and you know, you have to say yes. Oh, yeah. right. You, you yeah. have to. There's no, there's no, ah, now nah, I'm good. You know? Right. <laughs> you you got to do it. And so, so now for the second time, I'm going to be singing in on Dodger Stadium. So I went from Bakersfield to Dodger Stadium. I think the next time I'm going to do it, it's probably going to be on Mars or something. I don't know. <laughs> this shit's crazy <laughs> to me that, that, uh, that they're having me do it. But um, it worked out pretty good. And I'll, and I'll tell you another, a, a funny little, a little snippet about that. My track record with with uh, patriotic songs has isn't always been on point. <laughs> a few a few months ago, we went and played in the town for this guy's birthday, and it was up in the hills in this town called Tehachapi, California, up in the mountains, real pretty town. And um, we go set up for the show. We go to the hotel and clean up afterwards. And um, I'm like thinking, I'm racking my brain. These guys are pretty pretty heavy uh country folks you know what i mean yeah. and uh i was like i always try to think of something unique to start the show like you know, how, how am i gonna how am i gonna grab their everyone's attention right out the gate and so i said i'll tell you what i'm gonna do <clears throat> I, I got the boys on we were in two different trucks i got them on on the phone i said hey guys this is what we're gonna do we're gonna roll in there and you guys are gonna bang out this big old you know drop d chord and just big heavy hit hit the cymbals and we're gonna make this song sound beefed up and I'm just going to start into the pledge allegiance and I'm going to, I pledge allegiance to this flag. And I'm, I'm just going to really psych these people out. And they said, fuck, okay. We've never done this before, but right on. And so we get up there and I do it and something didn't feel right about it. <laughs> <laughs> I turned to my buddy, I'm a bass player. I said, did I just fuck up the pledge of allegiance? He said, no, I don't, I don't think so. I looked back at the drummer. We're, we're, we're in the intro of the next song. You're already going. I said, did I just fuck that up? And he said, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And apparently I left out like the middle half of the Pledge of Allegiance. I felt like a complete <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> hey, right, whatever. <laughs> yeah, the, the, and everyone else there, I don't think they even noticed it. Or if they did, they were kind enough not to bring it up. Right. <laughs> so, oh, man. That's so, awesome. Yeah. All right, so hopefully I don't I don't leave out any parts of the national anthem, <laughs> right? Especially in Dodger Stadium. Don't, yeah, that's probably not gonna be good. That. I might have armed security to get out of there if that's the case. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, you know, there. 
could go on and on and on all night about all of this. Um, but I, you know, like I told you, I try to, I, I also want to try to respect your time as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, so I appreciate you being here. Now, I know Absolutely. I told you, I told you I don't have any questions and I don't, except for the two at the end of every show, which is um, your boots, if you wear them, what are they? And you mentioned you were drinking whiskey. So what have you, what do you drink? Well, currently, as we as we speak, um, I'm drinking Seagram Seven and Seven. I'm drinking okay. Seven and Sevens is my is my go to, um, but typically, if I'm out out and about, I'll have Crown on the Rocks. All right. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, I can't get enough of it. It's just in our bloodline. And uh, my boots, my boots have been a, a a little bit of a point of uh, focus lately. I just had a pair made. A, a buddy of mine. Uh, lives right around the corner from me and he's like hey there's this new boot maker here in town you gotta go check him out he says poncho his name's poncho poncho boot maker and he uh he made me a pair of bright red cayman leather uh boots and with white tops and i don't know why the hell i got red boots but i figured i'd get them for the show you know what i mean uh yes it was, it just, it was a showstopper. I saw, I saw a pair online. I said, man, I need to, I need a button, you know, kind of get something to kind of maybe add some flair to this. And I got these boots and uh, I'll post a picture of them <laughs> pretty soon. And they're, they're pretty wild, man, but they're good looking. And they, they, man, they fit like you wouldn't believe fit right to me. And um, I love them. <laughs> they're pretty badass. But uh, my day to day work boots, I wear Anderson Bean. Uh, this bull hide, bull hide leather cowboy boots, square toes. Nice. Yeah, and um, that's 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 my go-to's right there, brother. That's awesome. I love it. I yeah. love it. Yes, sir, man. It's man. It's a pleasure, pleasure to be talking with you, brother. And yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we can get out there and uh, and play a show out in out in your neck of the woods sometime, man. I'd love yeah. that. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Now, have you ever been out this way? I was at the uh, DC Naval Yard a few years ago doing some stuff, and uh, that's it. Oh, okay. And um, but I have not been. I have up the East Coast. I have not been. I haven't been to Florida, man. I'm like I've been. I'm trying to figure out ways to get out there. I've been reaching out to people left and right, trying to get onto these shows and festivals and anything we can do to take the West Coast to the East Coast, buddy. Yeah. Well, you know, if you if you ever start to you know plan something out, you know, I I know a bunch of people up here that you know we've been talking and trying to get some you know people like you and you know, others that have been on the show up here, because that's all I hear about is how everybody wants to play up here. Yeah. Um, and I, I've got, you know, I, we, we're working on some things. I don't want to give too much away, yeah. you know, especially on the air. But, um, you know, I think next year might be might be a good year for that. Well, well, for, for if, if, if there's uh, other bands that are out there listening, um, keep in mind that we are a, a reciprocal band, so meaning that we will give you give you shows if you got shows for us. So right. anyone who wants to come out and play in California, hit us up and we'll point you in the right direction. That's awesome. Well, Joe, thank you so much for being on. It's been a pleasure. I can't, you know, it's this has been great. It's been Man. a lot of fun. I appreciate you so much. It's an honor, buddy. Hey, cheers to you, brother. We'll yeah. have one one day. Absolutely. I look forward to it. Be good, brother. Thanks. You too, buddy. Peace. See ya. Also, don't forget our friends over at hogwashandrhinestones.com. Our good friend Ray is the owner over there. She makes incredible clothing that you've seen all over the place from Nashville to Boston to everywhere in between. Some really big names have worn her stuff. That's hogwash, 
the letter N, rhinestones.com. Check them out. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. You won't be disappointed. Check them out. Hogwash and rhinestones.com. Of course, we can't forget our friends at the Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company out of Canada. That's drsupplyco.com. They have great stuff. All of the hats I pretty much wear, all the camo hats you see me wear either on TikTok or in pictures or whatnot, all come from the Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company. A big thank you to those guys out there. drsupplyco.com. Check them out. Canadian company. Great stuff. Check them out. Well, there you have it, everyone. Our conversation with Joe Peters. Thank you, Joe, so much for being on the show today with us. I can't believe this dude's story. It It is, you know, it's, I think it, you know, for me, it gives me hope. It gives, I think it should give everybody that's listening hope that, you know, even though you have maybe a nine to five or whatever, you can still follow your dreams and, and chase those and be successful. Um you know, isn't that the American spirit? I mean, I think so anyway. Um, but yeah, again, thank you, Joe, for being on. Um, it was big, big pleasure having you here. Um, you know, I hope I hope we're able to get him up here soon, sooner rather than later, because I think this sound is is the kind of sound that we need up here, up in the Northeast. And um, I look forward to hopefully helping get him out here. Um, so a few housekeeping things um, for those of you that have been following along and whatnot. We did see a couple of shows this weekend. We got to see the Outlaw Music Festival last Friday um, at the Xfinity Center here in Mansfield, Mass. And we also we got to see Brantley Gilbert and George Burge at the Big E la- last night or Sunday night. Yeah, whatever day that is now. <laughs> um it was absolutely fantastic. So, you know, big thanks to my parents and my in-laws for, for sending us there um, for our anniversary. It's greatly appreciated. Thank you guys so much. It was it was an absolute blast. Um, I know we've done a lot of shows in the last month or so. Um, I know I've been doing reviews. I did reviews of all the shows from earlier in the summer. Um, I'm still trying to figure out the... <laughs> the country talk dirt road fm website to get everything on there i'm just um you know kind of kind of computer illiterate (laughs) um when it comes to that sort of thing but it is coming i promise i just need to sit down and figure it out um my dumbass would probably delete the whole website if i tried it without any help so we're gonna we're working on it i promise we are also looking to do some whiskey stuff starting in a couple weeks i think the first week of October, we're going to start back with the reviews. I'm not quite sure what those are going to look like yet, but we got a bunch of stuff um, that has been sent to us and that we've picked up over the summer that we want to crack open and give a shot. So if you're a distillery from any part of the country and you want to send us a bottle to, or send us something to, to review, um, we'd please, by all means, find us on all of our socials, shoot us a DM, shoot us an email, bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. Any inquiries, any questions, any, you know, future guest potentials, um, please feel free to email us. Um, you know, our our schedules for interviews is pretty booked for the rest of the year, but we're starting to um, to look at 23 now, so 2023, so that's, that's huge. So, you know, without further ado, um, you know, thanks. So we're trying... 
before I close us out here, um, we're trying to figure out a way to find a new catchphrase for the show. Um, right now, it's, you know, keep your boots on the ground and your whiskey in your glass, but it, it's, it needs some work, I think. Um, so so we're, we're working on that. Um, we do have T-shirts with that catchphrase on it. I think that's going to be the protocol for now. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. But, you know, whatever. Um, so really, until next week. Next week, we have Jeff McMahon on the show. Um, it was a great conversation. We had the same day we did um, the Chris Cagle interview. Um, I hope I cannot wait for you to hear that conversation. Um, so until next week, guys, follow us on all of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, TikTok, you know, whatever. Wherever wherever you have the socials, we're there. Um, and we'll see you next week for, for another episode of the show. And until then, keep your boots on the ground. You're whiskey in the glass, guys. Cheers.